0: Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host Brendan and today we have an absolute legend of a guest it is Thomas Enberts. He is the injury fixer. You got a broken shoulder, you got a sore knee. Um you might just need some, you know, basic rehabilitation stuff. You can find him down in Rawai and today he's going to really dive deep into what he's doing on the island and especially who he's working with. You're going to find out. Um, Without further ado, let's get this podcast started. Oh, we always forget. uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, It helps us out in the algorithm. And we also heard that if you share this content, it's really going to boost us up. So if you love the content, hey, it's for free. Help us out a bit. Let's get it going. And without further ado, Thomas and Yeah, you oh, have me stuttering great. on that one. Very this good. is the injury fixer. So let's kick it over to Thomas. Um, right away, how we do it on The Fruiting Body. Tell us your journey. Tell us your story. What did you do from Phuket and what brought you here?
1: Um, so I came here at first time in 2007 to visit a friend of mine that I knew from uh, from high school. He'd been here a couple of times and ended up living here. Um, Phuket, Thailand was never even my radar. You know, like I would already planned a holiday to France with some other guys, but he kept of nagging at me or not nagging but saying how awesome it is here and i would love it blah blah, blah. um and i was at my last year studying physical therapy at the time and i thought like ah, maybe i should just do it you know once in a lifetime thing to uh to take a tri- trip that far from holland uh so i went four weeks fell in love with phuket fell in love with the girl and uh, uh turned four weeks into six weeks had to go back to holland had to do one more internship uh six months later came back again and uh yeah here we are and 15 you've been years later
0: 15 years later yeah
1: 2007 was the first holy time holy shit yeah.
0: it's been a long ass time yeah. then
1: so i was i would i was so the first time six week holiday then i came back here six months later was about four or five months i think um and of course i ran out of money you know because there was just like holiday you know just enjoying mm. the life training and barbecuing and having a couple of beers and uh, and all that um then i went back to holland again to graduate work a little bit there and just apply for jobs all over the place and back then in phuket was not nearly as developed as it is now especially the whole fitness industry that's very big here now obviously uh didn't really exist that i remember you had rawai muay thai simbui muay thai tiger was just a small little place with i think one or two rings and a couple bungalows um uh, and Rabbi Jim was the only weights gym in the uh, in the area back then. So um, you
0: were, um, w- when you were back in Holland, yep. um, were you involved in this type line of work, like physiotherapy? Did, yeah, you, go so to, did you study that at school? Or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So H- How did you even initially get, get into that? Like, let's go back maybe even further into uh-huh. your, your life. Like, what led you towards this type of career path? Yeah,
1: so I was never any good at sports as a kid. You know, I was always kind of clumsy, skinny, weak, whatever. Um, and then when I was... I think twelve or thirteen years old. Uh, I remember it was this guy in my class. He was like a couple of years older. I had to uh, to go back a grade, um, and he was pretty. You know, he did some lifting. He was pretty strong. And I remember him showing his uh, his bicep to some girl, and the girl was like, "Ah, you know." So I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I want to be like that." So then I started lifting uh, first because my dad was actually a powerlifter. So uh, we had some stuff in the ground, but as a kid uh, in the house, but as a kid, I was never allowed that room you know because it's dangerous with the weights and Everyone's everything a, i
0: think just uh bring the mic because you'll be talking to me this okay. way just bring it more so it because we had this problem with uh with frank yeah we fucked up frank's volume so <laughs> shout out to frank hickman at bangtail muay thai um but yeah you're,
1: yeah that's good. better perfect yeah, okay all right cool cool um so yeah i started um, kind of sneaking in the in, in the in the weight room there and uh, i remember at first i was using, using this wooden block to do bench presses with and then one time my dad came in it's like oh, what the, what, are you, what are you doing and um uh and then he started to show me some things you know squats deadlifts bench presses etc um and then so sort I of started lifting but still made really slow progress just don't have that body type that naturally builds a lot of uh, muscle or strength quickly so I started reading all these bodybuilding ma- and and fitness magazines that my dad had um and then of, of course I thought like okay I'm going to be smart I do exactly what these experts say not what my dad told me because my dad said i yeah, just need to focus on the basics and, and everything but you know like in the magazines i could find exactly you know the the, the 10 best ways to you know f- work this muscle or that muscle whatever didn't work at all um barely made any progress actually i think when i was 17 18 like a girl asked me do you do any sports?" I said, yeah, I've lift weights, you know, like I thought it would be obvious. Uh, but I just kind of started laughing, grabbed my arm and said, like, I need to do a lot more lifting. So that was uh, <laughs> uh, a bit uh, disappointing. Uh, but it, it just kind of made me only focus more. And then, you know, then then at that time, also, you know, started to get online. Of course, it uh, was more and more information available and learn more and more. Um, and then when it was time to, well, when I graduate high school, okay, what, what am I going to do? I'd read online about personal trainers and strength coaches and that seemed really uh really cool to me uh, but in holland at the time that wasn't really a, a thing as uh, so there's no personal trainer or strength coach certification that you could do so i thought okay what should i study and then um i think a friend of mine actually the same guy that got me here to uh to puket i was training with him and he'd gone to a physio and the physio told him like how to build muscle you need to do three sets of 12 reps or whatever the number was. I don't even remember. And he took that as absolute gospel. You know, it's like, oh, the physio said it, and he knows the best, you know? Uh, So I thought, like, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't be that guy, you know? So then um, I decided to study physical therapy. At first, not with the intention of doing anything with injuries at all. I just wanted to know more about training, how to get bigger, stronger, faster, and all of that. Um, But then in my... Third or fourth year, one of my internships. Then I discovered actually the, the most motivated people are people that are injured, and um, and, it's, and it kind of enjoyed working with them all of a sudden uh, as uh, well. You're,
0: you're in your third I year st- university. Yeah, exactly. And so we're you, still were in Holland you, at the time. What were you studying at that time?
1: Physical therapy. R- oh, okay, yep. interesting. Yes, yeah, so in Holland you got to pick str- pretty much straight away after high school. You got to pick. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. It's not like
0: know? I know a lot of friends. They would go into like kinesiology and things, but they actually have physical therapy programs. Yep. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And you're so you're studying this in your your third year, and your whole intention was this was the career path.
1: Yeah. So so, but my intention was okay. I want to do something with sports athletes, uh, st- strength and 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 all of that, not the injuries. Um, But then I, like I said, I kind of realized, like, actually, it's kind of fun working with injured people as well. You can really build them up. Um, So, yeah, then when I graduated, uh, like I said, then I was just looking for a job. I couldn't find any place in Phuket to really, you know, I couldn't couldn't make a living here doing what I do. Uh, Eventually got a job in Bangkok, later started my own place there. And then it was about 50-50 between injured people and, you know, training people to get stronger. I had a lot of high school kids that I worked with at the time. Uh, so I was in Bangkok for six years. Um, then I made the move back here finally because Bangkok was never like the end destination for me. You know, like I didn't enjoy, it was good for business, but I didn't enjoy living yeah, there. Yeah, the
0: lifestyle's a bit, that's, you kind of, even when you leave your your home country, you're still back in the city and you're still back in the grind.
1: Yeah, and I grew up in a small village, like maybe 2,000 people back in the Holland. So I'm used to, you know, green open space and fresh air and all of that. And obviously there's not much of that going on yep. in uh, in Bangkok. Uh, but every year there was' it's actually an interesting story that every year there was some reason why I couldn't go so at one point I had an employee he worked for me. I thought oh, he can take care of the business. I can go to Phuket, maybe set something up there. I will just work on the on the business you know on the marketing and everything from from Phuket but then he quit he wanted to go back to England, so I had to you know step in myself again do all of the work and every year there was something and in one year uh I got into like an almost car accident where if it would have happened, that would have been the end of me like and, on and, and my family. No, like on, on the way, uh, we were in um, on holiday in yep. Hua uh, Hin. My, my mother was visiting with her husband and my wife and, and daughter. Uh, so we are there and I got sick actually that, that, that trip. Uh, and I think that's what saved me because I was playing this um, game on the iPad because I was just lying in bed all day. Um, you know, that game uh, is called Subway Surf, I think. You know, where you, you run and you got to jump over things <laughs> and duck things out of the way and whatever. Oh. Anyway, stupid game, uh, but on the way back we were driving. Uh, I don't know if you have ever been on that road between Hua no. and Bangkok. It's just one of these typical Thai roads, three lanes aside, um, and the boring drive. Uh, Supposed on the on the right lane, on the fast lane, going maybe 100, 120 kilometers an hour. Car in front of me. There's a U-turn lane. Car in front of me he indicates he wants to make the the U-turn. No big deal. Then last minute the car. On the left and in front of me he decides he wants to make the u-turn too but this other car was already there so th- like yeah. he basically you know it was this kind of situation i was coming and i was slamming the brake there's no way i could i could stop in time so then I hit, the ga- I hit the gas hit the gas was able to just get in between maybe this much space on oh the, the on ship. either side and i credit playing that little <laughs> game for my having my reflexes uh quick for saving mm. my life and if, if that was the end that would have been it you know mm. like definitely uh, and like I said, my, my wife, my daughter, my mother and my mother, mother's husband in the car. Um, so after that, of course, I was a bit shaken up. I put the car on the on the side of the gas station. All the others went to uh, to get some food. And I just stayed in the car, closed my eyes. And I thought, uh, like in my mind, I thought, okay, if this had been the end, my gravestone would have read Here Lies Thomas, the guy who said he wanted to go to Phuket again, but he never did. Uh, and I thought, okay, I just got to do it. You know, like it's never going to be perfect time. Uh, so six months later, I came here. And uh, yeah, that's it.
0: Did you come down with a plan to start, to continue that business over here or yeah, how was
1: so, that set up? So like, I kind of first came here just on the holiday to kind of check things out. Um, and I went back on, on Soi Tayet, which had just exploded. I mean, not not to the level that it has now, but compared to it the first like time I was uh, there.
0: The Soi, like Chalong. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden you had Unit 27 there and all these other places. Um, so no, all of a sudden, yeah, it was much more of an opportunity for me. But I also saw cause it because, like I said, in Bangkok, it was about 50-50 between, you know, strength and conditioning training and the injuries. Um, but here I can see there was no way I, I could compete with guys like Tiger or, or Unit 27 and put my own gym. That just didn't make any sense. So I figured if you can't join them, then... Oh, sorry, if you can't beat them, yeah. join them. So then I kind of branded myself purely as the injury fixer and uh, and focused even... Yeah, just and when more you on that.
0: when you were starting, were you kind of uh, like freelancing, working out of their gyms, and running your own physio type of business? Yeah, so
1: for the first uh, in in the beginning, I just had a little setup at my own house because um, I didn't have my company set up here and getting work permit. Yeah, it all yeah, took yeah. a lot longer than expected. And actually, back in Bangkok, my first year, two of my friends got arrested for not having a work permit. Yeah, uh, spent the night in jail and all that. And I was just lucky; I wasn't at the office at the time the only reason why uh they didn't get me yeah um so i was a little bit paranoid about all that and so i didn't want to really market myself so the first year and a half i flew up and down to bangkok every week so i flew to bangkok work for a couple days come back here uh until i got it kind of to a point where uh, uh yeah i felt confident okay i've got enough of a uh of a base here mm. to to just uh be here only um so i yeah, worked at uh, at rent space at unit 27 for a while uh, and later at, uh, at Titan and then COVID came and it just didn't make any sense to rent any space anywhere anymore of course and then I went mostly online which I was lucky because I already had a lot of online programs and had all, all the videos and all the content and, and everything in place which I think a lot of people, trainers, they had to get started online and had to figure it all out so I was lucky I had that that base already Yeah, you were already there, yeah um, So that's, uh, that's what saved me otherwise I probably would have had to go back to... Uh, to Holland and uh, back my parents or something like that. You know? so so w-
0: when COVID hit and now you're working online, are you still, you're working with clients, they're visiting you or is, yeah, it, is so everything still remote? So I was
1: doing like, before I was 90% local, 10% online. Then with COVID, it flipped around and it became 90% online, maybe 10% or even 5% local. And then last December, all of a sudden, start to pick up here again. And uh, yeah, pretty much been been busy since that time locally and actually enjoying working with real people again you know like of course online is also real people but it's just uh, for what i do like with my online clients i had them send me videos and then i, I but it's it, it's harder you know like if i'm right there next to you i can tell you exactly okay you know like tuck your elbow in a little bit more or you know keep your shoulder down or, or whatever um and with the injuries that makes a what makes a big difference what's
0: the it? big difference between i mean obviously living i've been here six years Yeah. Uh, we've all, I've had my energ- in- injuries and I've, I've actually visited you as well. Yeah. And fuck, it's painful, but yeah. it helps <laughs> sometimes. It, it really helps. Um, now, the difference between, let's say, the typical Thai physio uh, spots where they're going to take the the infrared, you know, the gel uh-huh. and the sensor, they're just basically adding heat um, yep. and they're finding, you know, where that pain spot is. But the physio side is not as in-depth. In what are you kind of offering that's like a little bit different than that?
1: Well, I think because I come from that training background, that's actually, so, you know, I study physical therapy. That's my official, you know, title, I guess. Um, but one reason why I start to call myself the injury fixer is because like, even in in the West, like a lot of physical therapists there, that's, you know, some of them are good, but a lot of them are not quite frankly. Um, so I kind of wanted to, you know, not be the, not be the physio. Um, but the difference, I think, because I come from that training background and, and I became quite nerdy about it, so I, le- I read a lot from, um, I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of uh, Westside Barbell, Louis Simmons, he's like a no. powerlifting uh, guy. And like those articles that they were talking about, okay, how to, you know, strengthen guys' backs and, and hamstrings so they can squat a thousand pounds. I applied those same principles and to help people, you know, be able to squat at all, you know, if, if they weren't able to, for mm. example. So I, I learned a lot from, Kind of the Bruce Lee method, I always say, like you know, like I steal from everybody, abj- adopt what's useful the and rejects yeah. what's lose, useless. So, um, mm. so yeah, I think a lot of normal physical therapists who, uh, yeah, if they're, if they're not into training themselves, they don't really understand. Yeah, it's you know, kind of like all the
0: same methodology. No matter what injury you have, it's uh-huh. whether it's your knee or your shoulder or your back. They kind of give you the same advice I find. There, there's some good ones in Xiaolong for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, and and
1: the, like all that stuff like, you know, ultrasound, massage, uh, chiropractic and, and whatever. Like I, I use some of those things myself like trigger point and, and whatever and exercise like all these individual things that can really help but the problem is like it's, it's usually not the entire puzzle. It's one p- piece of mm-hmm. the puzzle. Sometimes you're lucky you know, if you just need like if, for example if your, uh, your back hurts and it's just one muscle that that's weak we and you happen to stumble upon the one exercise that strengthens that muscle, that fixes your back pain, and usually people go around telling everybody, like, I just did this one exercise that fixed my back pain, you should do it too. You know, or I started, I did yoga, and that fixed my back pain, and that was it. You know, or I got ultrasound, and and that did it. You know, like, it's always based on personal experience, the one thing that I did, and that fixed me, and that will fix you too. Uh, But a lot of times, you know, what, what causes one person's back pain isn't what causes next person's back pain and usually it's it's yeah. it's three things um so that's why i always like to attack it from from all the different angles you know like yeah you, there's some some tight spots usually you need to loosen them up you need uh, there's some weak weak areas you need to strengthen them up and then the other big difference i think between me and a lot of others i look at the whole thing um so for example if most physios and even orthopedic surgeons etc like let's say you got knee pain look just at the knee. Okay, what's going on with the knee? You know, is it meniscus? Is it ACL? Is it the ligament or <clears> is it tendonitis or whatever? And I kind of just look at that. Uh, but you also have to look at this, this is what I do, get okay, what, what's causing. Let's say you get um, like inflammation in the tendon. You can work directly on the inflammation. Mm-hmm. But what's causing it? You know, it's kind of like um, uh, a car that's out of alignment. If you get a car with one tire, a little bit softer on one side and you keep the car in the garage, no big deal year later, the car is still the same car. Um, if you just take it out to get the groceries once or twice a week, um, 500 meters down the street, probably a year later will still be fine too. But if you take it on the highway and you're going to drive it for many, many miles and fast, then you know, something is going to wear down, right? Eventually. Mm. Then if you take it to the mechanic, if the mechanic only fixes the part, uh, replaces the part that's, that's worn down, but doesn't fix the alignment of the car, then and you are going to drive it again. It's going to happen over and over again. Yeah, right? it has so like it's a ripple effect so as you, well. So you, get, you yeah. get the same problem because you didn't take away what's causing it. So for example, with, with the knee, a lot of times it's a tight ankle. So a lot of people, like for example, you could have sprained your ankle when you were 12 years old playing football and it's, well, you're 12 years old so you wake up uh, the next morning and it doesn't hurt anymore. You go play, play football again. Uh, but often what happens is it doesn't fully recover. Like the pain goes away, but uh, you still got some and stiffness. You, and you
0: start to favor it a bit. Exactly. Well. So, yeah. so
1: and, and again, when you're, you know, Under 25, that's rarely a problem. But then, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever. I had
0: that with my, I had like, I would have like this knee pain every so so often. Like once every two years, my left knee, uh, I just couldn't squat. Not even body weight. Uh And it would come out of nowhere. And basically, what I ended up finding was my left quad after like two years later was like substantially smaller than my right. And then that started to lead to lower back pain. Exactly, And I went and saw another physio guy as well in Chalong at that point. And basically the physio was, he's like, just go in a pool and wiggle your left leg for months. (laughs) Like just build up. Like, he's like, you literally have no, your hamstring is like, there's nothing there. Yeah. He's like, whatever you're doing. So if I was squatting, I was probably using, like, 80% on this leg. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't really notice it, and then it kind of, tr- you know, it snowballs, and it goes from your knee to your back, and then eventually yep. it somehow worked its way to my shoulder. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it, it, and you really know, you never really know where that pain was originally coming from until you kind of go through those, those sessions, but... Yeah, um, exactly. Typically when you're working... Now, you're working with high-profile athletes as well. I saw yep. Johnny Walker was down with you.
1: Yeah, I've worked with um, Johnny Walker, Mark Hunt, Tai Tui Fas, a couple of other UFC guys. Um, what, what do you usually see from these, the let's say the MMA athletes? Mm-hmm.
0: Is it kind of... Is there something that you're seeing more often than others? Like in terms of the, on a specific injury? Or is it um, all over the place?
1: No, it's like... The, with really, they're just the same as us. Uh, but they're usually... Gen- most of the, the, the pro guys, they're definitely genetically a little bit better than you and I, so they recover quicker, um, but they beat them, their bodies up a lot. You know, so the diff- like the, I found it because like, I used to work with a lot of uh, crossfitters back at UNIT, but also a lot of fighters. Um, and a big difference, like a crossfitter, like as soon as something is a little bit off, like if they're they're doing a snatch and their right shoulder feels a little bit tighter than the left shoulder, they notice it and, oh, God, this is a problem. You know, I need to do something about it. Um, which was great for me because you know, like they're they're very aware. Of yeah, they're that. on
0: top of it. They don't want to. They know that if they keep doing that for two weeks, it could lead to something else. Well, and and
1: and, and they notice it. And like, and if your right shoulder is a bit tighter than your left shoulder, you just can't do a snatch properly, right? Whereas with the fighters, first off, they're always beat up from sparring anyway, you know. So their body, is just hurting everywhere. Um, but then also you know, if a fighter doesn't have a r- certain range of motion in a, in a shoulder or, or, or whatever, he can adopt this game, you know, so it doesn't have to be the exact perfect same movement, you know, like he can just adjust the angle of a punch or, 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 a, you know, a grappling move a little bit and they don't usually realize it. Uh, but unconsciously they just do. So a lot of times the fighters, they're, uh, yeah, the recovery is really good as far as, you know, how quick they recover from exercise and everything. Of course, they're usually in great shape too. Um, but their their joints are often really messed up do you think up. they
0: they also they they don't want to find out like they yeah, don't want they that, like i don't want to find out i have a tear in my shoulder and i need surgery yeah, i'm just exactly. going to keep doing I, this I,
1: i've had um well, I've, I've had uh, like, sometimes like oh, fighters like i gotta fight in two year, two weeks don't tell anyone that i'm coming to see you yeah, yeah. you know because i don't want the the promotion to find out and then they're gonna cancel uh cancel my fight so or whatever
0: so you're, you're right on uh bet 365 uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> you got that inside info. yeah exactly
1: uh but yeah i remember one time this guy saw the hulk uh aussie uh guy used to be in the ufc um and that was the first time when i kind of Realized this like I because his, his coach had sent him to me, he's like hey, he got he, so, he said, like, I've just got this little niggle in my shoulder, it hurts a little bit. I said, Okay, let's check it out. I ask him, Okay, move your arms above your head and uh, and clap your hands. And he just did it like this. You know, and I said, like, yeah, there's no pain. I said, No, no, that's not over your head. He's like, this way. And then he was like going, like, you know, and, and it was in a lot of pain. I said, this that's not just a little niggle, that like there's something mm. like really wrong here, you know, but just he just avoided those those, those movements you know so uh, yeah
0: they don't want to you know the fight gets called off i mean I, i'm sure even like if the the let's say it's the commissions in a specific state in the yep. u.s they find that out they probably they might oh, not would allow the fight, fight. yeah they would exactly. cancel the fight yeah yep. and then that's their livelihood and then uh-huh. a lot of people if they're aware or not like these ufc fighters unless you're like a top 10 your the pay's not great yep and that fight might pay for the whole year for him so exactly they really and, can't it, and miss
1: if, it. if the f- if the pay is great same thing yeah, right? yeah. No? like it's uh it's all the same. And also for the same thing for the lower level guys that aren't even in the UFC <coughs> uh yet. Um and they're making obviously even uh, even less money. So they're, mm-hmm. they're really yeah, they gotta gotta fight more. A lot of times they can't afford uh proper care. You know, like I have had guys that like had a like really, you know, th- 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 tore their tore their pack years ago but couldn't afford surgery, so then just you know, yeah, it just keep just fighting with the torn and pack. Out. and uh
0: yeah. yeah. I, w- I want to ask a, a couple, a uh, couple things. One is going to be about like uh, the myths of people, uh, of chiropractors and what yep. your thoughts are on that. But before that, um, being a physiotherapist are all, let's, let's say f- specific, specifically for knee uh, injuries is yep. everything. Can it be rehabilitated or is there a certain point where you need to recommend surgery?
1: Um, yeah, sometimes, like, I'm not a fan of surgery in general, and I think you should avoid it as long as you can, uh, but in some cases, you know, like, if you get hit by a car or you get kicked in the leg and something completely tears, like an ACL or a meniscus especially, like, I've I've he- helped people uh, rehab complete ACL tears without surgery, um, so that's definitely possible, but sometimes, like, if your meniscus is completely torn, then it just, like, like the the bones just get stuck and it just can't move and gets locked and, and then, then it's kind of bone on bone at that point. Yeah, right? you know, like it, it just, you know, the the, the like a meniscus is basically just a um, a pillow of cartilage that's in between your your lower leg and your and your upper leg. Uh, so if you get a tear in there, then you know the the movements cannot happen and And it's
0: quite small too like even a a minor tear can cause some major pain yeah major issues
1: yeah and and it all depends on the person you know like everybody's built a little bit different so some people have more open joints some people have more closed joints so two people can have the same tear but uh, it affects their their movement and pain and everything yeah i had
0: our our producer before this lovely guy hans was a brazilian guy talis he's Maybe he's watching. Probably not. These are so long. Who the hell's uh-huh. gonna watch them all? But um, he had a meniscus tear, and he actually had to go back to Brazil because obviously, when you don't have insurance here, yep. you're talking that surgery in Phuket would be about two hundred thousand plus baht. Yeah, so he's like, ah, I can just go do it in Brazil. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Um, and he ho- he was hobbling around on crutches on and off for about yep. four or five months before he could get the flight. Mm-hmm. And that was the main issue. He some days he would be great. Okay, it's gone, and then I'd be at the gym with him, and he would just rotate wrong.
1: Just yep. Yeah, th- exactly. Whole yeah, thing that's the meniscus.
0: Lock up, and he tried physio, and it got to the point where it's like, even the doctors are like, you need, and you need to go fix it right away because mm-hmm. imagine you start that bone on bone, and you're walking on it for two years. Like you could severely injure yourself for like yeah, later it could in your life. Yeah, make it worse. Yeah. Have you seen these type of injuries before? Where you know you've dealt with a client and then it's hey what the fuck did you do buddy that you should have been taking care of this maybe 2 3 years 5 years ago oh yeah
1: definitely yeah yeah uh yeah and it, like it's like it's some things you just you just need to to get surgery you know you can't avoid it uh other th- but uh, having said that a lot of times people are also recommending surgery too early uh like for example you know okay your knee hurts i oh, yeah, we should just just do uh, do surgery but again then look at the at, at why it hurts and then you know you can do surgery you can you can replace the part if you don't take away the reason why it happened in the first place which again maybe a tight ankle maybe a tight uh, a tight hip or just weak muscles or whatever uh then you know even if you get the surgery it's it's like it doesn't make the pain go away like one time i had a a lady in bangkok um she was a friend of a client of mine and she was going to get uh, back surgery and um her f- her friend, my client, said like, oh, please go go see Thomas because maybe he might be able. I don't think he needs surgery. He, like he might be able to to help you out." So, so okay, sure, I can I can uh, can check her out. And like my my place in Bangkok was kind of out in uh, all the way in uh, in Chiang Watana, uh. So and she lived downtown. It so, was about like it was Friday night. Uh, she drove like an hour and a half uh th- through traffic to uh, to get to my place. She came there with uh, scans of her uh, her MRI and it was just like the disc was just like usually sticking out, you know, like enormous bulge. So I saw that and was like, oh, there's nothing I can do here. You know, there's one of those cases where I thought like, yeah, you're gonna have to get, uh, get surgery. But I kind of felt bad to send her away straight away because she traveled all this uh, all this way. So uh, I decided to check her out anyway. Um, so first thing I do is like, I try and, you know, bend forward a bit because uh, th- I was thinking, okay, based on that, uh, that scan, it should be super painful to bend forward, but she just bent forward and like put her hands flat on the ground. And I was like, well that, that that's weird. That doesn't correlate with the uh with the with the scan. And then did some other uh the other t- other test that I was doing in the assessment. I just found out she was really weak in her, her, her trunk muscles and, and glutes and all that. Um and because the movement assessment and the MRI didn't really colour it, so what what you'd think would be very painful, uh and what the surgery would have Fixed based on the MRI, that's not what was preventing her movement. Like so her pain was just uh, was different, just because of the instability that she had. So we worked together for I think just three weeks, just very basic exercises. Later it was about like I think sixty maybe seventy years old, um, and she cancelled the uh, the surgery. You know, they didn't need surgery anymore. So a lot of times like MRIs and everything are are great. They tell you what's going on inside, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what is the problem as well. So you, that, that's why, again, you've got to look at it from different angles. Of course, if, you know, the movement assessment and the MRI tell the same story, then and uh, there's a story that, okay, this needs to be fixed with uh, with surgery, then, yeah, you probably will have to do it. Uh, but just purely based on MRIs, you know, that's n- not the only thing you should look at.
0: Do you offer advice on nutrition as well? Because I'm assuming like like anything with inflammation, also if they're having like knee, knee issues, shoulder issues, it could also be, um, you know, further further agitated due to bad diet.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, the thing is, like, I have a hard enough time to get people to do like the exercises that yeah. I want them to do. If I also want to like try to make them change their diet. And that's obviously not what they came to me for. Like, if, if you know, if you if you're a nutritionist, somebody comes to you like, hey, I want to lose weight, I want to change my diet, please help. They'll hopefully do what uh, what the guy says. Um, but it's you know, it, it, it does make a difference, definitely. Um, but yeah, my opinion that like for injuries, the mechanical problems are the same. Like only if you know, if you got inflammation everywhere, like your knees hurt, your shoulders hurt, your back hurts. Yeah, that's a sign that there's some kind of systemic inflammation. Eating
0: too, too much shrimp, they got some gout in the system. Yeah, for
1: example, you know, it could be, it could, it could be, you know, or just yeah. like uh, too many uh, vegetable oils and not enough healthy fats and 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 all that. Um, but if it's you know, if just your right shoulder is hurting, but everything else is fine, then that inflammation is not caused because you didn't take enough fish oil or anything like that. It's just because you know, well, whatever the the cause might be. Um, and a, a big distinction to make also between, okay, what, c- what, what could be like, I- I- it is something that happens, you know, if you've got a car accident, pretty clear, right? So, or if you're doing jujitsu and you get your shoulder, uh, twisted or whatever, you get a pretty clear moment. Okay. This is when it happens. Um, and you know, doesn't matter how strong or how perfectly mobile everything is, you know, if it goes, it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that kind of started a little bit slower, um, then there's usually some kind of mechanical cause, you know, like if like if from from squatting or deadlifting, whatever. Uh, then you know there's usually some something somewhere else that's not working properly that makes something else do more work than what it's really uh, supposed to do, and that's when you get in trouble.
0: So um, speaking of that, and the in the uh, jujitsu, in jujitsu in particular, yep. which is probably the uh, you know most realistic place where mo- you're going to get injured. And I, I, Quite I see Yeah, yeah <laughs> I see now you've gotten into it pretty heavy since COVID and you've gotten your blue belt. Yeah, that's um, right. Um as an injury fixer, why are you jumping into the most injury possible sport in the
1: planet? Yeah, <laughs> it's just fun. You know, right? it's just fun, but but you're right, like purely from a, a body health perspective, it's probably the worst part you, sport you could right. do. Right. It's like know? I'm like uh, uh, maybe
0: maybe it's a it's a uh, an experiment. How can I get injured in this so and yeah. fix myself no, it later? Was,
1: it was just, uh, yes, yeah, just, just, just fun. Have you, you know? been
0: injured? Do you s- what typically injured? What typical injuries are you seeing in jujitsu?
1: Um, well, I've definitely like I haven't had like a serious, serious injury from it myself, but definitely just always feeling beat up my elbows and shoulders and and, uh, and things like that. One time I hurt my knee, um, it got like hyperextended in a in a roll, and then I was you know I was limping for a couple of weeks. Fortunately, never anything super serious. But you just get beat up, you know. And uh, I think, especially when you started at a little bit of a later age, like so, I'm 36 now. I started uh, two and a half, almost three years ago. So it was 33 when I started. So then as a white belt, you know, you just constantly get, your you know, you get submitted. Yeah. Well, you get your ass kicked all the time. You, yeah. know, you get submitted all the time. And because I mean, 33 is not that old, but but it's not 16 anymore either. Then you know, you you get you get the beatings on the on the on the joints um and you see that with like you know people who have been doing jujitsu for a while a lot of them like kind of walking around like a uh, like a cripple half the yeah. time you know um but then there's guys who start very early and they get that initial constantly getting beat up phase like when they're you know 14 or 16 or 18 or whatever and then you know you, you don't get the um it's, you not it's not as
0: severe later yeah exactly because yeah. you're just
1: like like you're your body just gets away with a lot more abuse uh, when you're uh, when you're younger, um, you and a, and then, and and then when you're you know if you start at at sixteen and then by the time you're twenty five you're probably a black belt and you know we you still get submitted but but not nearly as much as uh, you know somebody who's twenty five or thirty and just get started.
0: Yeah, and the guys you're rolling with black belts and you kind of all know it's more like a flow jiu-jitsu. You know how far you can push uh-huh. push each other on that side. I was I was doing it for about a year year and a half and yes. I kept fucking up my shoulder and yep. I'm like, and then I couldn't go to the gym and then I get fat and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, like exactly. This is just, it was too much, too yeah. much. Too, it was too injury prone. Are you, are you, you see a lot of like neck injuries and especially, especially with different discs, you get these type of clients that will come in with those type of injuries.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Neck is in who fairly common as well. Is that common m- one of well? the more difficult, uh, areas to treat as a, let's say, uh, a physiotherapist? Um, Depends a bit on the injury. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, like if it's just a muscular thing, that's, you know, fairly simple. But if, th- like the neck, because some like it's, a, it's a very dangerous area for your body to be to be hurt in, right? Like if you, let's say you hurt your wrist, well, the only thing that's going to be damaged is your wrist. Even if it's broken, it's, it's just, a, uh, just a wrist. But with the neck, you know, if it goes really wrong there, then, you know, if stuff can push get pushed in your spinal cord, you get paralyzed and... And it's came over, right? Mm. Um, and that's really one thing. Uh, like muscles don't get tied for fun; they get tied for a reason, which is to protect you from further injury. Uh, so, for like, and the worst thing that can happen to any joint in the body is that it goes completely out of place because yeah, then you wouldn't be able to use that part of the body anymore. And especially with the spine, neck, or even lower back, you know, if if the the bones or this would get completely out of place, it would push into the the nervous um, the spinal cord. And yeah, you, you just get paralyzed. Nowadays you would survive, but if you're living a couple thousand years ago, you know, then uh, you uh, you become the victim well of e- the... Even well, even
0: when you're a client would come in with a neck injury, like uh-huh. trying to assess them, you have to be quite, much more delicate than someone, I mean, that's a rhetoric question, but uh-huh. on, on like a knee or a shoulder. Well,
1: not necessarily more, de- like it's still, you know, p- if there's something really bad going on, people people know, you okay. know, that, that, like they're not going to push through. Um, but it's just, there's many different factors. So then, you know, if it's a problem with the with a disc, for example, all the muscles also tense up, and you can just think, okay, that's, it's just the muscles, so you work, you loosen up the muscle. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the problem with the with the disc is still there. The instability is still there. Nerves and the tiniest thing can make the nervous system kind of freak out and uh, make everything contract again, and you're back at uh, square one again.
0: Are you able to tell the difference when someone's injured between like inflammation? Maybe it could be a torn ACL, or mm-hmm. let's say to the neck, um, or, or even the shoulder, if Wait a minute. That's a pinch nerve. Like, can can you explain like the difference between these injuries and like how you would go about uh, fixing them? And it's more focused on something that I had, and it was on a pinch nerve. And it yeah. wasn't so much uh, like inflammation. It was how the fuck do I get this pinch nerve out? What I thought, and a little bit of background story on that. What I think happened. I think I was just bench pressing one day, and kind of. And I read a lot about it. It, it could have not just been a pinch nerve, but even a ligament. Yeah, it might have got caught between there, like something so small mm-hmm. that um, it, I couldn't even lift my arm up. Are, when you're getting these clients, are you able to assess them? How would you address a pinched nerve versus like inflammation or something else?
1: Um, well, again, you got to look at okay, what, what's pinching the nerve. You know, so is it because some muscles are just way too tight and pulling the joint in a certain direction and that's what's causing, you know, like the shoulders to come forward, for example, and it can cause a little bit of, uh, of, of entrapment on the, on the nerve. Um, well, then you gotta loosen up those muscles that that pull it in that bad position, and usually also strengthen the muscles that kind of reverse it and pull it back in a normal position, so everything is mechanically in line and everything can, can go freely. Um, so yeah, like and usually like to figure out if it, if there's something neural going on, usually there's like radiating pain and uh, oh, and, okay. and, and and stuff like that. But uh, sometimes
0: they, I was reading online because I uh, this wasn't uh, for eight months. It's this has been for two years now but um even online some doctors were saying surgery and i really yeah. question that they were saying like well uh if you want to really fix that pinch nerve you can do a quick surgery and they can actually go there and like get it out
1: is yeah. that possible or well, is that like the one thing is with looking step up step up online it's you yeah know, like it, like with anything like with with, with joints and, and, and muscle injuries or you know i've got a little stomach pain and before you know it you get the worst disease known to man right uh, and you're getting all the kinds of things in your head um so that's definitely the same thing if you look up okay my shoulder's hurting in this and that spot and then you can kind of get caught in that uh that rabbit hole of terrible things yeah uh, so it all, it all depends you know like uh but you know try for the simplest solution first and then if that doesn't work try maybe something else if that doesn't work and then like like surgery you can't undo right uh so and, and and surgery in itself is kind of a trauma on the on on the body so well, again sometimes it's necessary um, but it is a trauma and you need to recover and've I've seen people uh, like year or two years after sh- shoulder surgery where you know it's maybe worse than it was before the shoulder surgery you know and that's because
0: so they're favoring it after the surgery but it, like
1: maybe the surgery was not <coughs> not necessary uh or or you know like they're cutting around and the shoulder is a very complicated joint Like whereas knee is a very simple joint you know there's a couple of ligaments and it bends and extends only and that's pretty much it Um, so knee surgeries are very uh, simple simple and also relatively easy to recover from most of the time but with the shoulder because it's a ball and socket joint you know, and there's a lot more different muscles involved and everything Um, and again like I said like muscles that don't get type of fund they get out of protection when you get surgery sometimes they can kind of freak out your your nervous system and it's thinking okay there's some some problems here we need to tense stuff up to mm-hmm. to protect it and keep it safe, uh, but then you can get more problems from that protection because then those muscles stay tight the whole time, lack of blood flow in those muscles and they get irritated they get painful then you end up using other muscles more and you kind of get this snowball yeah, effect just from it out, yeah yeah um, yeah it's
0: uh, yeah, that's I've always no, tried to answer your uh, yeah question no it, d- there, it does and I I understand in that sense like. This type of podcast, everyone's different. If you're having a consultation, like even for yourself, when someone comes in for a consultation, you don't really know what's going on. You, you have to go through a process to figure out what the hell's wrong with them. Yeah, first. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, it's it's not, you know, one thing fits all type yeah. of mentality. And usually
1: I kind of have a uh, an idea, yeah. you know, it's just somebody's like when they uh, fill out a form on my, on my website, like this and this, just based on, okay, you know, how long it's been hurting and when it's hurting you can already have an idea but then, you, yeah, you, you gotta, because a lot of times people if I'm just at a restaurant for example or in a bar even and then sometimes people come up to me like, hey Thomas, I know you're not working but, you know, and then comes like, you know, my elbow hurts, what should I do? You know, yeah. and it's, it's like, well, I can't I tell know, you like right it, now. It, you know, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. a, Simple question for the complicated I'm sure you've answer. had
0: a, a few beers with a few guys at the bar, and maybe. All right, come over here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah, take yeah. a look at you. <laughs> um, you. I remember now I was a part of your newsletter because I, I was a client and came yeah, okay. in. Um, sorry, I can't remember because, again, this is two years ago. Yeah. You, had, you had a... Uh, a specific kind of routine magic or what was uh it's all magic
1: no 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 uh, the name probably you think about a superhuman six
0: super that's it so uh-huh. superhuman six and yep. uh, you're really focused on using like elastic bands and strengthening strengthening mm-hmm. the the shoulder blades and the scapula and also you're a big advocate of like tennis balls or hard balls this routine this this um this process how did you come up with that? How did that come together?
1: Yeah, so the so and by the way, the, the elastic bands is just a tool. There's nothing magic about the bands. You, you got to work the, the muscles a certain way. The reason why for that I, I chose the elastic bands because it's just you don't need to go to a gym. Everybody can do it at home. Um, and uh, bands are really uh, useful, um, but there's nothing magic about them. Just like there's nothing magic about kettlebells or barbells or machines, whatever. You can throw an, like an elastic
0: band in your suitcase and you're good to yeah, go. Yeah,
1: or even yeah. you c- you can work the wrong muscles with an with an elastic band and get get the opposite effect of, of uh what you want to achieve, you know? So uh so nothing magic about the bands. Same thing with a tennis ball, you know, use that to um that's probably what I had you do as well, yep. you know, like on the those painful spots on the yep. um, on the muscles and then using it. It's just the same as, you know, me digging in there with my thumb or, you know, a foam roller is another tool or the massage gun or whatever. Um, and actually I like to use the, the barbell a lot these days, you know, like for, especially for big muscles, like on the back and the, and the legs and everything, nothing beats the the bar because it doesn't get tired. You mm-hmm. know, like if I t- find a spot, uh, on your, on, on your leg or on your back with my thumb, I can find a spot, but you know, I'm human after about 30 seconds or so, it starts to get tired and I have to change position a little bit because I can keep that bar on there with a lot of weight, uh, for a long time. Hurts like hell, but... It's really uh, probably the most effective way to loosen up a tight muscle, especially for bigger guys.
0: Yeah, I found the the elastic bands were really helping to strengthen my, my oh Yeah, definitely. Yep. You
1: you had quite I mean uh
0: basics like just even hang yep. on a hanging bar and I was um, using my my scalpula yeah. as well. Um and, and that that technique, is that something that took you a while to create or is that something you've kind of
1: Yeah, so I kind of the, um so the the superhuman 6 in itself. Yeah. i was i was um a while ago I was working with a friend of mine mark Joyner, uh and uh he was helping me with my marketing and all that he's like genius at that uh, and he said like oh, what if you could come up with some kind of something something simple that you know people can do and just kind of could be the you know the eye catcher or, or whatever um and then so d- these basically it's six exercises and it's pretty much what I make everybody do before every single workout, whether, uh, you know, it's a high-level athlete like Johnny Walker or just uh, an accountant who sits at a, uh, at a computer all day. Um, so the first exercise are actually planks, but I call them super planks where you do it f- just for 10 seconds, but you squeeze your abs and your glutes really hard, and that creates a lot of stability in the, uh, in the spine. Um, on the front, on the side and also on the back, so you're creating like you're working from all the different angles. Um, then the fourth is for your glutes, uh, just with the band around your knees. You push your knees out, sitting on the on the low step, gets the glutes firing. Um, and the last two are for the for the upper back and for the uh, the rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. And those muscles, I call them uh, the bulletproof muscles. Um, and those are basically the ones that keep you upright. And keep your joints healthy. I mean, of course, there's others too, but those are really the uh, the main ones. Um, and basically, I kind of divide the muscles of your body. Like, you get two kinds of muscles. I call them bulletproof muscles and baby muscles. The baby muscles you already had when you were a baby. And those are all the muscles that kind of pull you in a in a fetal position. Because, um, you know, you've been for nine months, you've been uh, in that position, right? Right. Um, and those muscles they're all pretty strong, even as a as a baby if you want proof, find yourself a baby, put your finger in the sand and they'll they grip it automatically straight away uh, and same thing it's it's the, the hip flexors, chest lats forearms biceps, all the muscles that kind of curl you into this fetal position um now the bulletproof muscles um you have them already as a baby, but the connection between your brain and the muscles isn't really developed yet. That comes with the months and the years as you grow up, you know, when you start to crawl and then walk and everything. So those are mainly your glutes, hamstrings, lower back, abs, upper back, and and, and rear, that's all of the muscles that get you out of this kind of posture into more of an upright posture. A little hard to do on the couch here, but, uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so they come, you know, with the years as you get older, and it's literally the difference between... Uh, Helpless infants who can, you know, cannot even turn himself around, or a kid who can run, who can climb, who can jump, and uh, do whatever he or she wants to do. Um, and there's bulletproof muscles. They're last to come. They're the first to go away. If you look at old people, they kind of th- it's those bulletproof muscles that get weak, and they that's kind of what causes them to kind of bend forward and kind of grow back towards that fetal bent over position more and more. Um, so age makes those muscles atrophy and, and, and get weak, mm-hmm. but also stress. And that could be stress from uh, training a lot, just physical stress, but it can also be mental stress from work, you know, from your girlfriend yelling at you or from, uh, you know, worry about money or it doesn't matter, anything that stresses you out. Typically what happens is the bab- those baby muscles, they tend to tense up and get tighter and the blueproof proof muscles tend to kind of shut down and, uh, or at least the signal from the brain to those muscles shut down and they, they get weaker. Sometimes they can get tight as well, but they almost always also get weak. Um, so with the superhuman six, it's basically just six simple exercises that kind of you know, switches those muscles on again, just improves the connection between your brain and those, uh, and those muscles. Um, so, and that causes, um, actually without doing any stretching, you can improve your f- flexibility. Because like I said earlier, the muscles they get tight for fun. They get tired of protection to prevent your, your joints from dislocating. When you kind of reactivate those bulletproof muscles, you create more stability. Then you it create, creates a sense of safety for your for your nervous system, for your joints, and then it becomes safe to let go of some of that excessive tension that you might have had in your hamstrings, in your neck, in your lower back or, uh, or wherever. Um, so yeah, superhuman6.com, they can uh, get them there. Um, and it's, yeah... Kept it as yeah, simple yeah. as I possible. Mean,
0: I, I used it. I highly recommend it. it it's uh, it did help a lot, especially with my shoulder. Which then then I had a problem with my knee, and I just uh, I kept consistent at uh-huh. it, and it um, uh, it allowed me to at least get back into the gym, and I felt yep. great after it. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, cool. something so simple that you know even when you're doing it you don't realize like okay what the hell is this it's it's it's, it's so basic that you don't think it's going to do anything but it's those little things that honestly like I felt amazing about i think it only took maybe a, a month or so mm-hmm. and then i was ready to go again
1: yeah and in general like also just people who, who train in, in the in the gym like if your body's perfectly balanced you want about a you know a 1 to 1 ratio of 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 all the different muscles right so like the typical bodybuilding program, you know, you could just as many sets for, for chest as you have for, uh, for back. Um, and that's kind of, you know, equally balanced, which is great if you're already balanced, but if you're a fighter or if you sit behind a computer all day and, you know, stuff tenses up, then you really want, uh, you know, you want to do a lot more work for those bulletproof muscles, uh, which again, hamstrings, glutes, lower back, abs and ob- obliques also, uh, upper back. So lots of rowing is good. Um, you know, and, and uh, to kind of keep the balance in your body. And if if I had to say one reason why people get injured, is muscles get too tight, blueproof muscles get too weak. That's mm-hmm. 9.5 out of 10 times that's the, that's well, the you case. you get
0: um, a lot of people, they kind of commute on the island, probably people like yourself and me, not so much. We, we all stay in our bubbles. I mean, uh-huh. How yeah. often do you come up here? Uh,
1: not, not very often. Not, no. No, not very <laughs>
0: often, but... Um, I would say, especially in this area, you get a lot of English teachers that uh, they don't want to live in Katu and Mm -hmm. that's where the job is. So they, they drive a lot to work. Do you think from driving the motor, the scooter, not a motorbike, um, let's say at least an hour a day and your shoulders are always full forward, anything, does this cause like some serious issues? Like I would, that's what one, I, I don't know, maybe it was, you told me or someone told me I was driving at one point quite a bit. Um, and that's the thing they asked. They said, when you drive the motorbike, where are your shoulders? And <laughs> like, now it kind of sticks in my brain, except for, you know, when you naturally want to be forward on the motorbike, have you ever yep. tried to just sit up like that? You just feel like a bit of a yep. tool. But
1: <laughs> that, so there's, there's one exercise that i like to do is called a chair deadlift, which is, uh, basically just the bottom part of a deadlift, but you keep your, uh, you keep your butt on the, on the chair. Maybe I can kind of show you here. Let's Go see if we, the, yeah.
0: yeah, that's, that's a good thing about, it. okay. So I'll, I'll, uh, for all the listeners out there so I'll dictate what he's doing basically yeah. you have the
1: bar here you're sitting on the bench kind of like this uh this this height yeah you grab the bar and then you just stands up and just pull up to here okay and, uh, so, so it's, it's just so the while lower saying back, back, it's staying staying
0: se- seated yeah exactly okay. so it's
1: just the lower back that's working and it works the whole back from you know uh from, from the sacrum all the way to the to the back of the head here and when, I, when you do that exercise and then next day if i you know if i'm driving on the bike i just automatically like sit up straight and I just Mm. okay this is easy now you know whereas normally uh, you know you just kind of like relax and and bend forward like
0: this it's more comfortable I find just to be lazy on the bike it seems a bit strange
1: but it's like when you do that exercise it's like you got a metal rod behind your spine that just keeps it up automatically you don't have to think about standing upright but I mean any kind of sitting whether it's on the on a motorbike or in an office or even like just now you know like we're not we're not sitting here uh, perfectly upright like this nobody does right so and then you know what does everybody do work on the computer even if you're not working on the computer you know everybody's on the on, on mm-hmm. the phone like this so you're constantly in kind of a, a, a bent forward position which again like chest lats hip flexors they get tight um so those are really the three main muscles that most people should would, uh, would you stretch recommend and loosen
0: up. when people are working a desk job yep a desk job that um sitting on like not not a med- like a yoga ball or even uh, standing up and working, you know, working while yeah. standing. Well, th-
1: you can slouch on a yoga ball too, mm-hmm. you know. So there's nothing like the idea behind this, okay. You have to stabilize and everything, but you know, at least for myself when I sit on there, initially, okay, it's it's nice. But then, you know, you get you get in the same exact same position yeah. as you would on the on a normal chair. Standing up is great, um, but the best I would say is to to mix it up, you know. Uh, so stand a bit because if you're standing all day long, you know. That, get pressure on your feet and and your knees and all that, you know, that's maybe also not the best idea, but if you can alternate between sitting a bit, standing a bit. um, So after about 20 minutes of sitting in, or being in one position, your soft tissue starts to adapt to that position. So if a a muscle is in a shortened position, then it starts to shorten up a little bit. If it's in a stretched position, it starts to release and and, and relax a bit. so any position that you're in even the perfect position you know if you're perfectly sitting up straight if you're in that position even though it's officially maybe the best uh but it can lead to its, it can lead to its own yeah, it's set of problems as well yeah moving just around moving well. around yeah well um,
0: there's uh myths about uh atrophy mm-hmm. meaning like your muscle is decreasing yeah um, um and I was reading and, and people at the gym will say like, if you don't go to the gym for 10 days, atrophy kicks in. Is there some science behind that or truth?
1: Um, probably, yes. I don't, to be honest, I don't know the exact number of uh, days or hours yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever. But, you know, all, all cells uh, of your body, including your muscle cells, are constantly breaking down and building back up, right? Um, and if you don't stimulate, but it also depends a lot on what you do as well. So if you eat a lot, even if you don't train, you know, then you might... You might not break down, but if you, uh, you know, if you got drinking uh, and and you don't eat, then you know you start breaking down muscle really quickly because it, yeah. it needs to use that muscle for uh, for energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be super paranoid about that. You know, like oh, if I don't eat every two to three hours, then I'm gonna I'm gonna lose muscle and and I would get, uh, yeah, I, w- I would get hangry, yeah. not not from a, a physiological pers- point, like because there was anything a- actually going on, but um, it just just. It was just stress. in my head. I was just like, I oh, you know, eat. I've worked so hard for all this muscle. I'm I'm gonna lose it now. You know, if I was on the road or whatever, I couldn't find something to eat, and then I would get really pissed off. Um, and then actually, there's a book I got, The Renegade Diet, uh, by Jason Frugia, and it was basically it's what we now everybody knows is intermittent fasting. But in there, he said like, ah, you know, actually, you can you can fast for sixteen hours, and you won't you know you won't really lose any muscle. And I was like, ah, really? And I tried it, and actually, I gained some muscle during that time. And it just freed up my mind, so you know it's just like a yeah, yeah because very I, I remember To not have to be constantly focused on well, was, like, getting protein and all that. Maybe
0: 15 years ago, that, uh, I I was in high school, so I, I would have been 2003, 2004. Yeah, and I remember the diet at that time was you had to eat six times a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. Uh, what I did. Yeah, I I'm like fuck that. I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. But a lot of the guys at the gym when I was like 15, 16. They're Eating th- uh, six times a day, but yeah. I mean, I guess at that age, it doesn't matter, you can do that anyway. Yeah, so. that,
1: that, that can work. I mean, that's how every single bodybuilder in the world, like high level bodybuilders, that's that's how they do it because they're you know at that level of size where they really need to, but they're packed, then
0: they have to. There's so many, d- they're probably eating three, four thousand calories a day at least. Yeah,
1: at least, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's a completely different. So, what works for you know, a pro bodybuilder is not necessarily what you, need, you and me need yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. you know, and also they're you know, obviously, they're using chemical enhancement, let's say, <laughs> so that it also allows you to get away with uh, eating a much higher quantity to food. And yeah, um, that con- it's a high into metabolism muscle. is constantly uh, exactly. burning as yep. well.
0: Um, you're talking about, you also, like this Bruce Lee mentality, so you're kind of dabbling and taking the best from everything. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, maybe negative connotation or, or uh, mystic myths behind, like, chiropractors, and I'm sure you've heard of this uh-huh. plenty of times. Um, can you talk about like, why, why do people, you know, um, try to push away this, this practice of, uh, chiropractors and what are the benefits from an actual chiropractor?
1: Yeah. So I think just like everything else is good ones as bad ones, right? I mean, it's the bad ones that give the whole, uh, whole profession, I guess, a, a, a bad name. The main problem I think with chiropractors is to just focus on, okay, getting everything, getting the spine in the right alignment and that's it. Um, but then the problem is if you don't strengthen the muscles that keep it there it's going to happen over and over again right so I had a uh, it was actually one of my internships back in Holland so it was uh, years ago this girl she came in with um, shin splints and she was a bit overweight and she was training she wanted to be a police officer she was going to the police academy she had to do some fitness tests she was running a lot getting shin splints and I, f- I did some tests with her and found out like, she couldn't hold a, a plank or a side plank for 10 seconds and so I was like wait oh, that's you know, because you're weak in here, when you're running, you get a lot more impact. And, uh, you know, that, that that's why uh, you get the shin spin. So, we, you know, focused on that. And then one time she came in and says like, oh, it's, by the way, I want to think I don't have to go to the chiropractor anymore. She hadn't even she hadn't even told me that she had back pain. Uh, and like, now I would have asked. But back then, you know, it's just, just getting started. I didn't even ask. But um, I don't need to go to the chiropractor anymore. My Normally I go to the chiropractor every week. Uh, because my back goes out of place and our back doesn't go out of place anymore, you know. Uh, So I think that's the thing, like if you're constantly needing an adjustment, you know, that's not, Mm. you know, that's not how our ancestors uh, evolved and everything, you know, like you got to look at all the pieces of the puzzle and it's just like, you know, there's some physical therapist that say, okay, I just do exercise. It's just all about strengthening the muscles. Well, if a muscle is really tight or a joint is just really stiff and doesn't move, then, you know, you can't really train those muscles properly. You know, so um, so I don't have anything against chiropractors, um, just against the ones that, you know, say, okay, you just need to come back. Every single week uh, for the next two hundred sixty-five weeks. Well, maybe and, they don't uh, want whatever. you strengthening those muscles. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's a business <laughs> thing as well, of right. course. Let's but, keep uh, you in line. But, but yeah. I think there's definitely yeah. some some really good ones, and you know, like, uh, and and it can help a lot in addition to like uh, some other things.
0: Yeah, it, j- it seems a lot of people, like you'll hear this online. You know, they're kind of against that, but I've never really looked into it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, instead of researching, I yeah. like. And doing I it.
1: think there's some chiropractors who kind of get really far into the kind of the woo space and they kind of, yeah, claim that, okay, I would just do this and it's going to fix everything, you know, uh, like even non-related yeah. things, you know. Well, like
0: uh, I, I was saying before, I, I saw uh, someone for physio um, without naming names and they basically were like, I showed up and they wanted to align me, but with no follow-up physio process, go yeah. home, do this, this, and this. Yeah. And... Basically, again, it was a shoulder problem and they're, they're just like, ah, well, your body's out of line. I'm like, well, you probably uh-huh. tell this to every single body that comes yeah. in here. I'm sure everybody's body's out of line, let's uh-huh. be honest. Pretty much, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then I laid on a table and he kind of just took his two fingers and worked them all the way to my spine and it was terrible. It was horrible. Like, is this woo-woo science? What is that? Have you heard of this?
1: Um, Again, I wasn't there, so I don't know. You know, like, yeah. you, like it's very possible, you know, like if you got a problem with your hips or, or your spine, that could cause... Your shoulder to okay. move a little different depending on the exercises that you, d- uh, the training that you do and all all that. So, um I would say I don't argue with resu- uh, with results. So if it works, keep doing it. You know, yeah, uh, and it and, and if Definitely it, if it doesn't work. work, then you know uh, yeah. it doesn't work. And again, just because that didn't work for you because that was not your. Cause of the problem, hmm. uh, but for somebody else, might have gone to that uh, had that same treatment and might have fixed their shoulder pain. Who knows? know? Yeah. What
0: What other type of like woo woo science is out there? Maybe uh, definitely it's in Copenhagen. We all know that. <laughs> but like, are you ta- are you talking more of like crystal healing on shoulders type of mumbo jumbo? Yeah, I
1: mean, there's 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 all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff, right? But I, I think what chiropractors sometimes do get a, a bad name of is like that they are really, um, yeah, ascribing. More benefits, and maybe they are there. Like who knows? But to to their manipulations, than then, then they really, mm. then they really are. You know. Th- it's, uh,
0: yeah, it's it's, and I think for like the average person to go down that rabbit hole and do that research, especially now, like I've, most people nowadays, everyone's quite busy. I find. Like yep. And so to even find that information, it's. Uh, I'll just ask someone else. Let's, uh-huh. let's see what they're they're about to say. Um, do you have any? Recommendations, or I guess, uh, types of exercises in the gym that you are, you know, highly against. Like, is that deadlifting? Is it a type of grip, or, or is there anything like you can see? You see someone in the gym, you're like, most likely you're gonna get injured doing that. Like, okay, so yeah. for example, uh, for me is when I see people doing a lat pull down and they bring it behind the neck. Uh-huh. I'm like, that just looks.
1: Well, so, so there's there's no such thing in my opinion as a good or a bad exercise. Okay. It just depends on the person. So. If your shoulder mobility and your upper back mobility is good, behind the neck lat pull down can be very useful. I do it myself sometimes, you know. Mm. Uh, but if my shoulder is stiff, like for example from jiu jitsu and stuff like that, and I, I can't get that range of motion, yeah, then I can fuck your shoulder up. Um, so same thing, deadlifts. Most people aren't ready for deadlifts, you know. That that's the problem. Like if you, if you, if the mobility isn't there and the strength isn't there, uh, then yeah, deadlifts can really be problematic. But it's not because the deadlift is because of the person doing the deadlift you know uh so of course yeah. more injuries happen with deadlifts than with bicep curls but there's also a lot more benefits that you can get from benef- uh, from deadlifts than than bicep curls right mm-hmm. but uh, i heard my own uh one, one thing i will say deadlifts off the floor don't do more than 5 reps ever Okay. Uh, unless you're in CrossFit, if you're competing, okay, then it becomes your sport. And then again, it becomes, uh, like a lot of people are against CrossFit, they say it's stupid or whatever, but it's a sport, you know, it's just like rugby or jiu-jitsu, like there's a certain risk with it. And when you compete in that sport, you just have to accept those risks. Uh, but in training, deadlifts from the floor, if you do more than five reps, usually because it's kind of a complicated technical movement, and then what will happen is some muscle gets tired first, maybe it's your quadriceps, maybe it's your lower back, maybe it's your grip, and then your form starts to change a little bit and that's when you get in trouble and uh, you start to move differently. And then uh, then you get the, yeah, you can uh, mess up your back. It's mm. so actually, um, the one time I didn't follow my own advice, I ended up really hurting my back. It is, uh, was back in Bangkok, a new training partner guy came in, into my place and it was kind of like a, it was just at the ground floor of my house. Um, I just put in a squat rack and a bench and, uh, and dumbbells and all that. And uh, just, yeah, I was training people there. This guy, he just moved there and he, um, he asked me, like, can, can I can I do my workouts here? I was like, oh, sorry, this is not a, not a public gym, but we talked a little bit, and he was a, uh, a strength coach as well. Um, a huge guy, you know, his arms were the size of my legs. Um, so I, I, I didn't have a training partner at the time, so I thought, like, maybe we can we can train together, you know? It's good to, uh, to have a training partner. So first workout... So uh, what do you want to do? So uh, let's do deadlifts, okay? How many sets and reps? Uh, let's do six to eight and, and work up in wait, see what happens. Now, of course, I didn't want to be the pussy to say like, oh, I don't want to do more than five, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so six to eight it was. I worked up, I think it was 140 kilos at one set for seven. It was okay. Another set, same weight. The first five were good. Number six, it was like really like struggling. And of course it's, come on, one more. And then the last one that was just, just I don't know how I got it up, my back, my back was rounded like a question mark and all that. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 whole day that was in the morning, the whole day I just felt this annoying tightness in my in my muscles, you know, the feeling you just need a need a thumb in there to kind of get some blood flow back in there. But I had clients all day, so I couldn't do anything. Then at night, uh, my wife at the time asked her to um you know to 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 press in there first with the thumb, and what she did, and uh, but I didn't feel anything, as uh, so I can use your elbow. And then she went in there with the elbow and then I couldn't get off the floor anymore. I just like extreme spasms for all the way over my, my entire back. Mm. Somehow I managed to get to the bed. Um, and I was you know sitting on the, on the side of the bed. If I went sideways, then I uh, would like immense tremendous pain. If I try to stand up tremendous pain, uh, eventually I managed to get out and get into some, uh, some big rubber bands downstairs. I was lucky, um, at the, the gym set up there and got some traction on the back, on the back. And that kind of like made all the pain disappear. Um, and then my daughter, who was three at the time, she asked me, "Look, like, she want me to pick her up and carry her upstairs," which I did uh, stupidly because, of course, then back when I was uh, upstairs again, I was back to square one. Everything had, uh, had timed up, but that took me a long time to, to recover. To, to recover, yeah, c- partly because I wasn't doing my own. I was. I wasn't taking my own advice, so I, uh, I just did what everybody tell everybody not to do, which is just rest and uh you know hope it will go away um so it was like yeah, a lot of pain what but was the mean,
0: problem actually in the end um
1: well so i, I never got an mri so i'm not 100 percent sure but i, I, I think i uh, like the probably uh like a, uh, a slightly bulging or ruptured disc didn't have any radiating so it wasn't like a comp- completely herniated disc but everything like but all again with lower back same with, as, as with the neck you know you, see, you get a problem in one place but everything around it's Tenses up to uh, to protect it, uh, but basically for the first month I was just neglecting it, and I was still training because if I warmed up, then I could. Um, but then the rest of the day would be miserable again. And then one day I was training uh, uh, some uh, some clients, some middle-aged ladies, and I was trying to pick up a, a three-kilo dumbbell like really carefully with my back. Said, "Ah, oh, Thomas, your back is still hurting. You gotta go to a to a hospital, go mm-hmm. to a doctor." I was like, oh, "What's the doctor gonna tell me that I don't already know?" Uh, but I did not think like, oh, "Maybe she's right. I should." Do something about this and then that evening I started to do some of my own exercises that even at that time I would uh I would give to clients with back pain. And next day I woke up, I was like, hi, hey, this actually feels a bit stronger, feels a bit better already. This actually works, who knew? So uh yeah, but then it's, it's still it took me about a year to really get back to full strength. But I, I did eventually I had like uh my best deadlift was two hundred kilos. Uh so I like which before the injury was 180, so I like ended up getting stronger okay, than uh than before the injury, but um but still, now, like this is the thing when you, when you have an injury, like a bad injury, it almost always stays kind of the weak link in your body. So for me, if I don't, you know, if I don't do any mobility and stretching, and I don't do any warming up, or I don't, I don't lift, I just go straight into into BGJ and and you know, don't sleep well, whatever. It's usually my back that kind of starts to become you're a problem. Giving, you're giving away your secret. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then. Fortunately, I know what to do now, you know, so if I start to feel it coming, I, I attack it before it really becomes mm. a, a big problem. Well, th- there's I a, I think
0: there's a tournament this weekend in Bangkok. Where yeah, that's right. Where, were you yeah, supposed tomorrow? to go or? Um,
1: I was going to go, but I got a staff infection and so I haven't ah, been able to train. And, okay. and uh, to be honest, like last couple of months, I've kind of been off and on a bit sick. That's why, you remember, we were going yeah, yeah, yeah. to the uh, yeah, this what, earlier. What, what
0: did you, you have no, COVID no, or no? No,
1: I, 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 I did a COVID test was negative, but, uh, but just kind of all enough, nothing serious, but I would, you know, get sick, bit of flu, uh, whatever, and then feel better back to training and then sick again. So I think it's just maybe a bit of overtraining and a bit of other life stress, I'm single dad, you know, sometimes it's a lot of work tired and, um, uh, so yeah, I think it was just, just kind of, uh, yeah, over especially yes, and
0: over stress, not enough sleep, uh-huh. something like that. And then yep. the, the immune system cannot catch yeah, up exactly. as well. Um, for we're in an hour so now. we're in an hour. Yeah. Oh, okay. I oh, wow. uh, we'll That's wrap it up cool. in a second. Um, I was gonna ask. So, the majority of your clients coming in now. You're down in the Chalong Rawai area. Rawai, yeah. i I met you at the. I think it was Titan. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I'm not there anymore. By the way, I'm like just. Uh, I've got a little setup at my own house okay. in uh, in Rawai now.
0: And my my question is more like, Thailand. It's going to become more of like a retirement place for like this the boomers. Let's uh-huh. call them. Do you see yourself pivoting to that? Or are you going to continue to focus like on like uh, professional athletes? Cause you would, I, I'm assuming you're going to start to see an older generation come here and that's a completely different market as well.
1: Yeah. So actually I, I noticed like currently, especially these last six months uh, compared to like before COVID it was just tourists, right? Like people come on a, on a training holiday, whether it's Muay Thai or CrossFit or, or whatever. Um, but now there's a lot of, digital nomads, you know, like the the uh, the e-commerce guys and the crypto guys, et cetera. Um, so there's a lot of them. Most of them, I would say, between 30 and 45-ish. That's, the I would say, the, the biggest age group uh, that I'm seeing currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them are also, like, they're not pro athletes, but they are into Jiu-Jitsu or into CrossFit or, or whatever. So they want to be athletics. And that that's my ideal client, to be frank. That's, uh, uh, you know,
0: Easier to connect with as well. Uh, easier to connect yeah.
1: with, and 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 it's just um, also typically easier to get results for because again, a, a body at thirty uh, or forty still like okay, it's not sixteen anymore, but it still responds quicker than uh, a body that's sixty-five. Well, you, uh, get m- you get uh, more.
0: You get more hours out of the sixty-five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So like I, I, I've worked with plenty of old people, even all the way up to uh, to in their eighties, mm. um, but. Yeah, I enjoy the... Pe- like, Because, again, most of my stuff is performance-based. Um, Like, you know, okay, my, my knee hurts, but I want to do jiu-jitsu again. You know, my back hurts, but I want to deadlift again. That That's mm-hmm. that's what I love to do to like really help people get back, want to become even stronger and better than before their injury. Um, And usually the retired people, they're just like, ah, I just want to be able to do day-to-day stuff, which, of course, that's important too, but it's just not as exciting for me to uh, to work with however you know like yeah. who knows but, but like currently actually in rawai it's kind of funny that you see like a, the, the older demographic coming in like when i when first came here in 2007. um with a couple of young guys like just like really hardcore muay thai guys who you know just uh okay 20 years old saved up a thousand uh, a thousand euros of dollars and tried to stay here for six months um that was the, like the one part of it and the rest was like 50 plus you know just go to the bar and drink beers and yeah. fun with the girls and uh, you know and neither of them were really my my target market mm-hmm. uh, so as that, that was the reason why i went to yeah, first, especially
0: i heard like even route wise it's completely changing as well yeah, compared l- to before COVID.
1: Uh-huh. yeah 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 i think a lot of people from other areas like kind of uh, gravitated um, towards uh, rabbi
0: i guess a good example would be the temple jiu-jitsu yes, like that's right this kind of encompasses of what's coming to life there and uh-huh. those, those guys are all in that that uh, world as well yeah um which is which is great i mean i, I think that's kind of what phuket needs as, as as well i think most of those guys you know they they'd be based in europe or dubai or maybe mexico and uh-huh. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to see the the benefits of coming to Thailand and and there's visas coming and I think digital nomad visas and it's yeah, getting a bit easier to stay here now. We've
1: been talking about that for a long time, yeah. I think, I but know. uh, who knows? And, uh, but that would be great. Okay, Hopefully.
0: before we cut it off, um, we're just going to uh, kick back to this camera and if you can just let everybody know like where they can find you in terms of like your social, your Instagram and uh, a final uh, message to your your fans, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my fans. Uh,
1: so this it, one, uh, this one right here. Oh, that one right Okay. Yeah. Um, so Instagram, the injury fixer. Uh, my website's injury-fixer.com, um, and maybe uh, I'll set up a, a page. This is not getting uh, put out right away, right? No, next Tuesday. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'll make a, a special page, injuryfixer forward slash um, podcast. And then, um, cause normally some of this, uh, like that superhuman six program, normally like it's, it's still cheap as long nine bucks, but I'll give it away to them, uh, for free. If they go there, uh, then you just, uh, yeah. You can get it there.
0: So, f- uh, injury dash fixer slash podcast. Yep. And we'll throw that up there. Uh-huh. Sweet. Awesome. Um, okay. I think that, that wraps it up for another episode. We're trying to keep them under an hour and a half to please the YouTube gods. Um, let's let's see how they do Uh, thanks a lot for joining us and we're out